Linux, you can do most system administration uh, from the command line. But sometimes if you're using your system as a workstation or need to run applications that uh, have graphical interfaces or utilities for system administration that have uh, graphical interfaces, then you need X windows. Um, if, uh, last time we uh, touched the ETC in ETAB, um, we told it basically to, uh, to have a default run level of three and three is full multi-user mode so you can run uh, all kinds of services on there but uh, you, you cannot display anything graphical to go into X windows and have graphics you have to go into uh, run level 5 and the easiest way to go to run level 5 is to use the command start X so right here we're in init level 3 and to go to uh, run level 5 we just run the command start X but first, before we run startX, we need to make sure that we have the service XFS running. XFS is the uh, XWindows font server, and it needs to be running uh, as a requirement prior to starting X. So let's check and see if it's running. We do that with service XFS status. So you can see it's running with process ID 2845, so that's good. So we'll go ahead and start X. Uh, start X will basically start the X uh, Windows uh, Manager, which in my case, the default is uh, Genome. And basically, the, the Windows Manager just manages all your X applications uh, and gives you an interface to, uh, to, to open uh, different uh, X Windows uh, programs. Um, the first thing you need to know is that to configure your resolution, uh, your, uh, your monitor type, and your video card, um, you can run the command system config display. And, um, and this tool basically will allow you to uh, configure all those settings. Uh, XWindows is a client server program. So what that means is you can run XWindows applications like this terminal, which exists on this machine which is um, TLOS1, so it's my virtual machine. But I can also run um, applications that exist on other machines. And to, do, and to control which applications can run on this machine, um, I, I use the, the command xhost. So if I run xhost minus, and I put a host name, I can deny access to that host name. If I just put xhost minus, it will deny access to run xWindows applications on this uh, on this xWindows server from any from any other uh, machine. So if I do xhost minus, it's access control enabled. Only authorized clients can connect. Okay. So if I open another terminal, and in this case I'm in uh, CSE570E. So here. I'm on CSE570E, and what I want to do is display the genome terminal of CSE570E on TLOS1. So to do that, I need to set the, uh, the environment variable uh, display to be equal to uh, TLOS1. So I do that with the export command. So I export the variable display, which equals TLOS1. TLOS that csc570e.edu, which is the host name of this 
X Windows server and then uh, you can run multiple uh, instances of X Windows so the first instance that runs is usually zero so we'll put column zero so once I run that command on CSE570E what that tells the shell is that anything that I run here will actually display on TLOS1 so let's test that genome terminal so I'm gonna run it there and as you can see it failed and the reason it's failed is because I put xhost minus so if I actually want it to work I could do xhost plus to allow everybody or I could do xhost plus csc 570 e.us.edu and that will give access to run that application from CHC570E. So we'll wait for that prompt to come back. In the, okay, so it came back and it was added. So now I can go and run Genome Terminal again from CSC570E and hopefully it will display here in TLOS1. So it's refused again. So just to be safe, I'm going to do xhost plus this should allow access from anybody and now I'll run it looks like um, it's having problems resolving this particular um, host name but when I did everybody then allowed it so see the difference here um, this genome terminal that I open it's actually for CSE570E see it's a remote application this is my um, this is my terminal here that I opened on TLOS one, and this is the one that I opened from Putty from CSE570E, telling it to display here. So as you can see, um, X Windows is client server. You can run things locally, or you can run uh, uh, things from an, uh, another machine, applications from a different machine, and you control that with the xhost command. Xcos plus or Xcos minus, and then the host name, which um, in this case was CSC570E. Um, one more thing, when when you go into init level five, run level five, and you're running X Windows, X Windows listens on port six thousand. So let's verify that. Netstat minus that p pipe grep x, and as you can see, it's listening on. All IPs on four six thousand. So that's why um, when I open um, genome session from CSE five seventy, it was able to display it here because it was listening. X was listening on that port. Um, the next thing I'm going to talk about is um, printing. To configure uh, printing on a uh, on a Linux machine, uh, we use the printer configuration tool to set up a printer and that tool you can call it with the command system config printer and from here you can add a new queue a new print queue with by clicking on new and this will basically open a wizard that will guide you through the setup of a printer. 
uh, for Linux systems, the, the protocol for uh, most printing is the, uh, the most popular and default protocol for printing is CUPS or the Common Unix Printing System. Um, and here I'm going to configure actually a CUPS printer that exists on CSC570E. So I'm going to call it um, CSC570E printer. I'm going to give it a description of CSC570E printer. We'll go forward. And then uh, here I can select a local uh, printer attached to my machine, or in my case, it's a network cups machine, uh, network cups printer. Uh, cups by default uses the internet uh, printing protocol, which is the default, like I said, for Linux, and now Mac uses it as well. Eventually, Windows systems will also use CUPS, so I'm going to put CUPS. And when you configure a CUPS printer, you need to put the server name and also the path to the printer on the server. So in my case, my server is csc570e.us.edu, and the path is printers and Q1, which is the default. I'll go forward, and it's going to ask me what type of printer this is. In my case, I'm just going to make it a text-only printer. And I'm going to finish. It's probably going to ask me if I want to print the test page, and I'm going to say yes. And when I do this, um, basically this printer configuration tool, it's going into the etc cups directory, and it's modifying the files inside there. So um, if you know what you're doing, you can actually VI those files and create uh, entries like that. Or you could use this tool, which basically is a graphical interface to edit those files. Um, here's telling me that it's connecting to the printer. And um, CUPS actually listens on port 631. So if we connect it to CSC570E on port 631, we can actually um, we can actually manage the job and see what's printed there. So um, I'm going to use eLinks, which is a, a browser from the terminal, and I'm going to connect to HTTP colon slash slash CSC. 570e.us.edu colon 631 and uh, this is where CUPS listens and it also has a, a, a nice management interface to um, to manage the jobs. So see from this interface here I can manage the printers and manage the jobs and do administration tasks. So um, if, uh, if I wanted to see if my print job went through, I could go down to um, manage jobs and see if my print job went through. Um, show completed jobs. Well, that will show me uh, that my print job was completed. So to quit, I just do a Q, yes. And that's basically how to configure a printer on, uh, on the Linux machine. Um, the next thing we're going to talk about is um, is system logs. Um, on Linux, um, the syslog uh, service runs by default uh, when you install Linux. And if we do a service, 
syslog status, we can see that it's actually running two different daemons, the syslog D and the klog D. Syslog D logs all the system uh, logs, and klog D uh, logs all the kernel type logs. Um, syslog D is actually um, configured in the etc syslog file. So let's look at that file via etc syslog.conf. Actually, it's etc syslog.conf. Um, and in this file, basically, we configure where do we want to send the logs for different things. So anything uh, here, we're saying that anything related to mail services, we're going to send to the var log mail log file. Anything with cron, which is a scheduling uh, service to schedule tasks, we're going to send to the var log cron. Um, and then uh, anything, uh, then we want to log everything except mail of log level info because there are different types of log um, verbosity with logs. You have info and uh, you have, I think, debug is the highest verbosity. So here we're saying uh, log anything except mail, mail none of level info. Start that in dot that info or higher to this file var log messages so that's basically where most of our system uh, log information is going to go to so we can actually go and look at that file if you're debugging something it's always a good idea to uh, if you go to the var log directory and here you will see all your different logs okay so um, there is a utility that runs in the background that basically uh, call, it's called log rotate and it rotates all of your logs on a weekly basis because these logs can get pretty big quickly especially if you have if you're running into issues so here you can see we have our cron for um, logs about cron we have our mail log for information on mail services uh, spooler for printing stuff. Secure is an important log which tells you um, F. Uh, basically it tells you uh, it audits who's logged in to the system and uh, if I do another tell minus F on bar log messages this is the main syslog so for example here I'm on TLOS1 and this one here is CSE570E so if I SSH into uh, from CSE570E to TLOS1 which is this machine here it should add an entry to the log so here as you can see it told me that at 11.42 TLOS1 using SSH and through PAM logged in as the user root. So um, if you're having problems with different services not starting or um, or uh, want to look at uh, things that are failing on your system it's always a good idea to look at this bar log messages which is uh, basically with where the log information is found. Um,
Alternatively, there is a nice GUI interface utility that you can use to uh, sift through your logs. And that tool is called System Log Viewer. And basically what this tool does is it provides you a GUI interface to all those logs we just looked at. Um, so there's the boot log, the cron log, and here's the system log, which is that last one we just looked at. So that entry, that root connected to SSH is right there. So it allows you to, to filter and look for stuff when you're looking for stuff. Um, X, X.rx11 log is your X Windows log. So if you're having problems with displays and things are not looking right, then you can go and look at that log and see what your problems are. Um, when your machine boots, uh, it puts out all these different kernel logs about your hardware. So that's one that you can look at to find out what kind of hardware you're running or if you have any hardware issues on your machine. So that's basically logging. Close that. The next thing we're going to talk about is um, is cron. Cron is basically a tool that um, it's used to schedule the execution of reoccurring tasks, and you can manage jobs in cron two different ways. One is by creating a file in the etc cron directory, and if you can see that sysstat sysstat uh, rpm that we installed last week has an entry there. So let's take a look at that entry. So I'm going to run more on that. And basically what this says is that at, um, there's different parameters here. Okay. And uh, there's two, four, five, and then a user, and then a command. So here what it's saying is the first entry is the minute. So at 53 minutes, uh, and the second one is hour, which is at 23. So at 11.53 p.m. And then for the, the next one is day, then month, and then day of the week. Okay, so here when you put star, that means every, every day, every month, and every day of the week at 11.53 p.m run the command user libsa sa2 which is the uh, the sar utility which 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 gets all the um let's do a man too basically what it does is it writes a daily report in the bar log sa of all uh your different um your different tools that uh you have such as uh, uh IOSTAT, VMSTAT to check different things like memory, IO, uh, CPU usage and that kind of stuff. So, but um, the main thing here is that uh, cron jobs have uh, these, these type of settings here, which these are again the minutes, this is the hour, this is the day, this is the month, and this is the day of the week. This is the user that you want to run it as, and this is that command. So to create or schedule a job like this one we did here, um, we, we would uh, tell it when and at what time and what day and what minute, hour, day. 
the the, com the user that we want to run it as and the actual command that we want to run and if we put it here in the cron.d directory um, the the service cron will go there and check it there and, and run it so if we run service cron status it's actually cron d I think the cron d is running on this machine so it will periodically check there and it knows that at 11.53 p.m. it's going to go ahead and execute that command. But you can also do this by um, uh, by running the command cruntab minus e to edit the cruntab file. The cruntab file is just resides in the etc directory and that's where it keeps track of all the, uh, the different um, uh, commands you want to schedule for execution at a, uh, different times. So if you do cruntab minus e, it basically opens a VI terminal and then you can actually paste in there your different um, cron jobs. Again, this one says at 53 minutes of 11, 23 hour, every day, every uh, month and every day of the year, as the user root run this command. But um, I could do this for different things. One, one, one that comes to mind is the log rotate. So um, remember I said before um, that um, sometimes we want to um, rotate those logs once a week. So for that one, I could do um, at, um, zero hours. Um, 23 so at 11 p.m. every month but this time I'm gonna do it on I think zero is Sunday so on Sundays so every actually the zero is gonna be here the our day star star zero as the user root run the command um, it's been log rotate so that's how I would configure that one uh, to run quit and not save it and for more information on cron tab I could do a manual cron tab and here it basically gives me all the different settings but the one I use was the cron tab minus e which is to edit the cron tab okay and then finally um, to do a backup of your system you can there are several tools you can use but um, last week we talked a little bit about tar and I want to talk even uh, more about tar this week um, Tar is nice because it allows you to, to create a package and this package can contain directories as well as files and it's very useful in, uh, um, in, in, in creating backups. Um, to create a tar of a directory you run the command tar and then minus c to create. Um, tar like I said before was um, um, originally intended to use with tape drives so when you actually want to create a file, a tar file, you have to put the f command, so tar minus cf because it's a file, 
and then uh, if you want to compress it you can zip it with z and then to see verbose output of every file that gets compressed you can put v okay and then the next parameter is um the name of the tar file you want to create which in my case is going to be um home.tar.gc so i'm gonna uh I'm going to tar the entire home directory. I'm going to create a tar file that is gun zip, so compress and slash home. So this says create a tar, a tar file that is compressed of directory slash home, and make sure you create that in home.tar.gc. So I'm going to run that. Actually, the F needs to be at the end, so that, that's why it didn't work, because F says this file, so it's the last one. So here I've created a tar, so if I do a list minus LH, I can see that I have a tar file now. So if I do make their temp, and I move my home file there, and then now I cd to the directory, I can see that my, uh, my file is there. So to, to uncompress and extract the contents of uh, this tar, I could do the command tar. Instead of C to create, I'm going to do minus X. Okay, I still want it verbose to see what uncompresses. It's still going to be, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be Z because it's zipped. And it's going to be um, F because it's a file. And then the file name, which is home.tar.gc. So see that I compress it, and actually I still have a home directory. And I have my NIS student, and my student directory is there. And I can go into student and see what files are there. There's nothing. I go to student and see that it backed up all those files. So as you can see, tar can be used um, to create backups of a system. Uh, partition or individual directories or however you want to do it. Um, you, alternatively for your backups you could use uh, the dump and restore utilities but I found that tar it's uh, much easier to use. Uh, another tool that some people use is the CPIO uh, but again um, tar is the easiest one.